Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member. Immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it's that time of the week. Time to preview the next Carolina Panthers game, this time against the dreaded king of the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Um, Yeah. We'll we'll predict how it turns out here in a bit, but uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Might have McCaffrey back. That'll be fun to talk about. Uh, Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. A little tired after staying up a little late watching electric uh, election coverage and all that fun jazz. For absolutely no reason. <laughs> because yeah. there was nothing <laughs> happened between like 10 o'clock last night and now, 9 yeah, o'clock it- tonight. And I heard that the, it, we're not going to find out tonight either. And we're recording this on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Supposedly they send the people home that are counting, which I guess, yeah, I guess they need to be rested to keep counting. Well, you know, they, they are people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Halloween, good good times? Good times. Did you guys do uh, anything? We just dressed up our daughter as a little Snow White and... Took pictures. We had family over, had dinner, you know. We, some reason at my house, we do not get many trick or treaters. We got one, one, one group of kids. Ten well, seven. you know, this year was a little different anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we had fun. We had some family over as well and did the, like, set all the parents up kind of at stations around the yard and did trick or treating and, um, had like a Charlie Brown Halloween up on the projector outside and Bob for apples and did all the, all the fun Halloween stuff. So it was a good time. I'm sure your kids enjoyed that and the family. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Chase was a dinosaur. (laughs) T-Rex. Nice. The mighty T-Rex. Um, but we're not here to talk about Halloween. We're here to talk about Panthers football. So let's get into it. We're going to kick it off today with a mailbag a meow mix mailbag <laughs> email and we're laughing because this this emailer leo he kicks it off by uh saying he never knows if we're saying mailbag or meow bag which is awesome because meow bag is maybe better it, yeah i was thinking that when i read that i was like i wish i thought of that why that's, isn't it that's... meow bag <laughs> Um, anyway, he heard that we gave a shout-out to a, a guy in Texas who gave us a five-star iTunes review, which we did, and just wanted to let us know that he's also a diehard Panthers fan. Um, thought we had great takes on the Atlanta game and was appalled by the poor offensive line performance, as we all were. Yes. Um, for all the faults in his own game, Teddy sure isn't getting any help, which, you know, uh, you could debate how many faults he actually has in his game, but he is definitely not getting much help. 
Uh, and he did get to see Aaron Andrews in person, which was cool. Jealous? Yeah. She's I mean, a smoke show. She's awesome. And a great reporter as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the email, Leo. Uh, you got some stickers coming your way, my friend. Uh, we definitely appreciate anybody that reaches out to the mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. Um, <laughs> so hit us up if you want to uh, your email read on the show. Jerry, let's go to some news. All right. We're going to go ahead and start around the NFL Starting with the Chicago Bears released former Carolina Panthers wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. I wonder Stand if that's his Ted. career. Nah, he'll go somewhere. I bet he goes like to the Patriots. I mean he's or gotta he go back to Saints. He's definitely not coming back to Carolina. We know that no. much. Not needed here. Nope. And moving on to another former Panther, the Dallas Cowboys plan to start either former Panther quarterback Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. I don't know who Cooper Rush is. Nobody knows who Cooper Rush is. Although I don't think anybody knows who Garrett Gilbert is either, except for maybe us. Hey, well, you know, Garrett Gilbert, also a uh, famous XFL quarterback, as we know. No, AFL. Was it AFL? AAF. AAF. Jesus. There's <laughs> too many of these say, leagues. <laughs> just keep saying letters. USFL. UFL. Arena League. <laughs> They're all the same. Yeah, uh, but yeah so, uh, you know, poor Cowboys, right? Like Dalton goes down and then Don't ever say started... poor Cowboys. They deserve well, every loss they true. get. That's true. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're wishing for a speedy recovery to Andy Dalton, by the way, because not only does he have a concussion, he also now has COVID. So just, uh, <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, he got COVID. he's on the COVID list now. So, Jeez, that poor, poor guy. Poor guy, you know. All right, moving on. Speaking of COVID, 49ers placed wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and left tackle Trent Williams on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, they play on Thursday night, so that means all three of those starters are out. That's a huge hit. Did Not the 49ers mention. curse something? Did they like they built that, that build something on, on a... an ancient like Indian <laughs> yeah. burial ground? I was just about to say they built that stadium on, a, on an Indian burial ground uh, because Garoppolo and George Kittle are also out for like the next six to eight weeks. You know, Kittle might be done for the season. Uh, it, this, uh, you know, they um, had a Mostert is we... out. Coleman is out. They don't they have anybody a... left. They had a game like where five starters went out in one game. I mean, yeah, uh, that you know, can we say poor 49ers? Are we I, allowed to say that? Honestly, I, I think they're cursed. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I don't know if Shanahan like crossed some wicked voodoo dealer or voodoo witch. I don't know, but they're I have a cursed. good friend who's a 49ers fan, and I just want to say, Jason, we feel bad for you, man. Sorry, <laughs> you know, Jason, you feel yeah. bad for him too. All right, now let's get into some trades here. The Los Angeles Chargers traded cornerback Desmond King to the Tennessee Titans for a six-round pick, and that's that's it. Desmond King, solid player. Kind of surprised he went for so little. Yeah, uh, kind of. I wish the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers, spoiler alert, didn't do anything on the trade deadline. Um, that's somebody that we could have used. Yeah, and I, mean, I would have been okay giving up a six-round pick for somebody like that. Adding talent in 
the cornerback room is never going to be looked upon badly. Yeah, especially here. Yeah. Because we've sucked for years in that department. Now, going back to the 49ers, they traded away linebacker Quan Alexander to the New Orleans Saints for linebacker Kiko Alonso and a fifth-round pick. Saints are just gearing up, throwing everything they can to win the Super Bowl this year. They know it's Breeze's last one, and they it's all or nothing for them. Would you have traded Tahir Whitehead and a fifth-round pick for Quan Alexander if you're the Panthers? Absolutely. Now, Tahir I Whitehead, offering, Kiko Alonso. I was willing to trade Tahir Whitehead for a bag of beans. <laughs> Tahir Whitehead, not exactly a Kiko Alonso, you know— Maybe a little bit of disrespectful to Kiko Alonso to compare yeah, them. But, I, um, would you have traded a fourth-round pick, period, for Quan Alexander? I, it Does he have more years on his contract? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, and we don't need to really get into it, but if he these, had... both of these positions, corner and linebacker, are desperately needed upgrades that the Panthers could have used at the trade deadline. And I don't know about cornerback good needs to be upgraded at this point. Cornerback? Corner. Cornerback doesn't need to be upgraded? I'm not just saying said I, that I w- did. No, I said I would take Desmond King for a six-round <laughs> pick, adding depth, but I don't think he's, our corners have been that bad this year. Well, when they're healthy, they haven't been bad, but they're never healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. So adding depth is would be very nice, but yeah, um... I don't know. Are you looking up Quan Alexander's contract? No, I. You told me not to, so okay. I stopped. Good, good. Uh, well, either way, the Saints just the rich get richer. It seems like. Um, oh, they're gonna be ninety million over the cap next year. <laughs> well, wow. So does that include Drew Brees? I'm sure it does include I'm Drew Brees, but assuming that's still $35 million taken off. of. There's still $60 million, so yeah. it's going to be over the cap. Yeah, well, you know, Quan Alexander probably going to be available next year then. That's what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. All right. Enough with the NFL. Let's move on to the Panthers. All right. Panthers sign tight end Seth DeValve to the practice squad. He was on our roster for a week (laughs) in the preseason, and then I forget exactly what happened. He got injured right away or something, and they cut him. Yeah. So now he's back, and I find it kind of – I just threw this in there. I know I don't usually talk about the practice squad guys going, coming and goings, but I brought him up just because I feel like bringing him back after signing him in the offseason, I'm wondering if maybe they're going to try to work him in, especially with – uh, Ian Thomas and Manhurts really not producing at all. Well, it couldn't hurt. I mean, yeah. Manhurts is a very good blocking tight end, so I wouldn't expect his position on the team to be in jeopardy. But, um, I mean, why not? Other teams use three tight ends. Yeah. I mean, we could use three tight ends. At least try to work him in, like you said. Yeah. Now, finally, some good news. The Panthers activated cornerback Russell Douglas, center Tyler Larson, and guard Michael Schofield from the COVID-19 list. Glad that they're back. Glad that they're healthy. And hopefully we will see them on the field or at least 
see them dressed and playing on Sunday. Because Tyler nope. Larson and Schofield, I don't want them on the field that much, but Russell <laughs> <Right>. Douglas, I do. <laughs> You know, Schofield can, you know, be there for depth, definitely. But Rasul yeah. Douglas, we we certainly want to see on the field. And I hope that, you know, some people, when they come back from COVID, if they've ha- especially if they've had COVID, if they've had a bad case of COVID, they come back different, you know, a little yeah. weaker, not, you know, able to uh, have the stamina. You know, we've seen Cam, like, just look at Cam. When he came back from COVID, he has been a totally different player than he yeah. was pre-COVID. So I'm hoping that our guys are all I mean, not just, affected like that. Just li- look and listen to the pro athletes of basketball and stuff that have had it and say that mm-hmm. it knocks them out for a while. Even when they're clear, yeah. they still have you know it lingering effects. Not yeah. everyone does, but some players yeah. do. Well, that's like you know when you've had the flu and you're down for – a few days like you don't feel normal for like a week you know and this is worse so yeah but let's how about the greatest news of the week jerry and i save this for last running back christian mccaffrey has been practicing all this week coach matt rule says that he's optimistic that he's going to play sunday yes Yes. Hasn't played since week two, and we are excited. Or I'm excited. I'm assuming you're excited. I'm assuming every Panthers fan should be excited. Uh, You know, Mike Davis has done a very good job filling in, but he is Christian McCaffrey. He is not. No. You know, nobody is. Um. So yeah, I'm extremely excited to get him back, and it'll be interesting. I saw that an article on ESPN where they basically said that once McCaffrey's back, he's back and expect him to carry the load. Uh, when we get into our game preview later on, I, I will go into that more in depth. <laughs> um, yeah, so looking forward to it, man. Uh, break the CMC jerseys out and let's go. Yeah, I've been wearing my Steve Smith jersey the past couple weeks. Because I, I I was wanting the return to yeah. bring back the McCaffrey, and there you it's go. coming out this week. This episode is presented by Wild CBD. Wild produces the best tasting edibles on the market using real fruit and all natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by the Pacific Northwest, high quality ingredients, real fruit, and consistent dosing. Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit-infused gummies in blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry, and CBD-infused sparkling water in raspberry, lemon, blackberry, and blood orange. Each gummy is dosed with 25 milligrams of CBD and can be purchased in a bottle of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering our listeners 30% off of their next purchase from wildcbd.com by using the code POD. That's code POD for 30% off of your next purchase. Wild CBD products are intended only for use by individuals aged 18 or older. Wild CBD products should only be consumed as directed on the label and should not be used if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. All Wild CBD products are made with ingredients containing 0% THC. Consult with a health professional prior to using Wild CBD in combination with any medications or other dietary supplements. 
Now, we're going to take a quick look at power rankings. We're not going to do a large segment on this just because we've had so much news and we have our midseason grades and awards coming right up after this. So, quick jump into NFL.com's by Dan Hansis power rankings. Last week, we were number 19 and we lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Where do you think we fell? Uh, well, we should have fallen a lot for losing to the Atlanta Falcons. So... I think obviously we're back into the twenties. Oh man, three and five. Uh, I'm gonna guess that we felt five spots, so we're twenty-four. You're absolutely correct. Oh. I the like only that. problem I have with falling is that he has Atlanta Falcons now at twenty-three above us. Yeah, that's a little soon. I think I, it should see, be maybe a spot under us. So now we're the lowest in the division. Correct. That doesn't that doesn't feel right. No, especially with how well we played New Orleans the week before. I mean, it. Yeah, all the Panthers have lost three in a row now. So sure. And they've got two rough games coming ahead. So maybe he's just sort of foreshadowing a bit. Could be. Uh, well, hey, is that two weeks in a row that I got the guess right? Yeah. All yeah. right. No stress, even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Mid-season grades and awards. Yes. So just like we did, uh, well, not exactly like we did, but we did the quarter grades and uh, sort of a recap of the first quarter of the season. It is now a full half. God, we're already halfway into the season. I know. And <laughs> we didn't even know if this season was going to happen, if it was going to be shortened. But There's we're nothing here. stopping we're this season now. We know no. that. <laughs> like The NFL is like, like all these 49ers are testing positive today. The NFL's like, nope, that game's being played tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, Money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, let's kick it off with the grades, and then we'll follow up with some awards for the Panthers. So we're going to start with quarterback. We'll just go position by position here. Jerry, how do you feel Teddy B... Uh, and a little bit of P.J. Walker, I guess, have done so far this year? I am actually going to go with a B. Uh, It's a little strong, but Teddy Bridgewater has played really well. He has cost us a game or two, but at the same time, that could also be contributed to the offensive line. So when the offensive line plays well, he plays well. So it's kind of a yin and yang there with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm struggling to give him anything less than a B. I think I'd go B plus. You know, he's got a seventy, almost seventy-two percent completion percentage. He's thrown for over two thousand yards so far. Uh, nine touchdowns, so the touchdown numbers aren't quite where you'd want him to be. Six interceptions—that's a little high. But he's put us in position to win games. Um, you know, you said he cost us a couple of games. I don't know that I put it on him to where, you know, he's definitely made a couple of mistakes, uh, in crucial positions, but they all do. Um, so <clears throat> I just think from what I expected to what I'm getting right now, it's a little better than what I expected. So B plus for Teddy. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how he's been. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's my a conversation. Not... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say my B is not a negative B. No, uh, no Again, like all. you said, he's putting us putting the Panthers in places to win but 
if he was a little bit sharper, the grade would be an A. I think there's a real conversation to be had if he continues to play well and, uh, you know, next year plays well also because the Panthers are probably not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback this year. Um, as to what his future is with the team, I think it's going to yeah. be interesting to watch. Let's move on. Running backs. I'll let you go ahead and start this one off since I I almost want to give this an incomplete. Um, <laughs> but the fact that, that Mike Davis came in and did so well, especially those first you know, four games, really, um, and even the last game, he, he, he ran well. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities. Um, I think I'm, I'm going B-plus again. Just because, uh, you know, McCaffrey is amazing and really didn't even get going. You know, he had a couple of good games, but, you know, a good game for McCaffrey. He still had well over 100 yard, total yards in each game and four touchdowns. Mike Davis came in, didn't get as many touchdowns in his time, but he put up a ton of yards and people still had to take Carolina running backs very seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going B+. Plus. I was almost identical to you. I thought about saying incomplete because of that, but I gave them mm-hmm. a B plus because of yeah. the exact same reasons. Uh, it could have been an A, but Mike Davis has struggled for a few games and kind of an almost him. lack of opportunity, right? Like, mm. you know, the one game, yeah, he ran terribly, but last game I thought he ran very no, well. No, last just game he did of, run well. They just yeah didn't they just went away that. from it. But anyways. B plus for me, B plus from Steven. Good oh, um. good depth there. Yep. <laughs> Wide receivers. A. Uh Robbie Anderson, top five in the league in receiving yards. DJ Moore, top ten receiving yards. Curtis Samuel is leading the league in third down receptions for first downs, and he's been playing running back with the depth issues there. A, you guys, you're holding up your end of the bargain out here. Yeah. I really have nothing to add. A, um, Anderson has been a revelation. He has firmly taken over the number one wide receiver role in Carolina. Uh, and having DJ Moore as your number two is awesome. Yep. I mean, that's an awesome number two. And Curtis Samuel, uh, it's going to be interesting to see with McCaffrey back what his workload becomes, but uh, hoping that they still have him really involved in the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Maybe less running the ball, but... Definitely, I want to see him out there. He he seems to be on the same page with Teddy Bridgewater on mm. a lot of those like short, got to get the first down type of plays. So He's been crucial. I mean, yeah. he has been absolutely crucial to the Panthers continuing to move the ball down the field. So, um, yeah, hey, tight end. Now, we've been super positive this far, thus far. Uh, tight end for me is going to be a D. You know, the blocking has been okay. Uh, Manhurts especially is a very good blocking tight end. There's just nothing to talk about in, you know, the receiving production. That's not there. There is no receiving production. Between the two of them, I think they have 12 catches in eight games, which is awful. Yeah. So I'm going with a D, and maybe that's generous. And I swear we did not discuss what our (laughs) grades were. We've only had one that was slightly different. I went D as well, exactly. Yeah. S- same reasons. I Manhurts may get a little bit higher grade just because he's more of a blocker and I'm not in there and I not watching his film on how his blocking is going. 
Yeah, man hurts probably C minus. Thomas a D minus. I mean, yeah, that's probably the way it is for me. So, uh, O line, what you got? O line is a mixed bag because there's been a few games where they haven't allowed sack. They, you know, really protected Teddy. Mm-hmm. But then, what I said earlier, there's other games where poor, poor Teddy's running for his life every game, running. He running, he's rushing seven, eight times a game where it's he's under pressure and he's scrambling for two, three yards to save his life. So I'm going C minus on this. Hmm. And also, I don't see them opening up holes as much as I would like to in the running game. I think there's a little bit of recency bias potentially with your grade because the last couple games have been rough. Yeah, that Teddy could be. And the, and, um, and the Panthers. Um, I'm going C plus because they have dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, uh, God, who's the ta- left tackle? A Kung has been at, in and out of the lineup. Uh, that little has come in and looked fairly good. Um, Paradis has kind of continued his just average or slightly below average play from last year. Uh, Moten's fine. He's good. No complaints. Um, so I think C plus they did protect Teddy very well early in the season. They did open up holes for Mike Davis and Chris McCaffrey very early. Uh, but Mike Davis for three games in a row was amazing and, uh, they protected well. So I'm going C plus and I kind of feel pretty good about where they are. Or at least where they've been uh, before these last couple of games. All right. Defensive ends and edge rushers. I... Oh, let me go first. Oh, okay. You, you went first on the O-line. So. Um, this one is another kind of a mixed bag, right? Because oftentimes we're only rushing three. Yeah. And I feel like when we rush four or even bring pressure... That they're getting there. They're not always getting the sack. They're usually not getting the sack. But they're getting close. Brian Burns has been incredible. Uh, He is top 10 easily in the league in pass rusher PFF rating. Um, Not really showing up with as many sacks as you'd hope. But the quarterback pressures are there. Like He is getting there. He's forced a couple of um, turnovers. And I'm giving him a B-. minus. Um, and I think talent-wise, I'd even go higher than that, but the, just the production's not there. And I went C-minus because of the production's just not there. And yeah. you're right, it probably is the scheme and everything. And again, I love Brian Burns, and you're absolutely right. I think he's a revelation, and he, he's he's been the force that this defense needs at times of getting to the quarterback. And Gross Matos has been hurt. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been in there. So he, he was playing good before he got injured. Yeah, hoping so. that he'll be coming back soon. Um, but, uh, yeah. Let's move on to the other part of the defensive line, the interior defensive line. Oh, you don't want to write hog mollies? I wrote it on our outline. Hog mollies. <laughs> no, I'm not, using, I'm not using that Gettleman terminology. Um. 
I would see. I mean, Derek Brown had a rough start, but he's really shaping into something nice. Zach Kerr has looked decent. KK Short was struggling at the beginning and then got hurt. But we are giving up too much rushing yards up the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I give them a C. I, I think they're starting to shape up lately. So if this was a few games ago, it probably would have been a lot lower, but they've been improving. Yeah, I'm going C- minus here. Um, just because I think overall the defensive line for me is a C, and I gave a B- minus to the edge rusher, so I'm going to C- minus to the interior. Uh, Derek Brown has started looking much better. He did start off the year fairly slow, like you said, um, but he's been making some splash plays here recently. And Zach Kerr has been good. Uh, yeah. He's definitely not KK Short in his prime good, but he's fine. He's uh, a good player, and I'm glad that we had him. Um, but again, the, the production's not there, uh, especially for the first eight games overall. Last couple of games have been better, but um, I'm still kind of in wait and see mode with them. Cool. Now, linebackers, the former stalwart of our defense, now probably the weakness. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going in another D here for me, the linebackers. Um, Shaq has been up and down. He makes a great play, and then he disappears for quarters at a time. To hear Whitehead is, uh, unless you haven't been listening to our podcast, the worst player in the <laughs> NFL, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> he has just been complete uh, a negative on the defense. Uh, Jeremy Chin is probably the only thing that keeps this from being an F, and he doesn't play linebacker all the time. So I don't even know what you would call him. We might need a separate category just for Jeremy Chin. But, um, yeah, I'm giving this one a D. I went C minus. Um, pretty much same reason. Shaq Thompson. I thought he really struggled at the beginning, but he has come back, played better, and he has been up and down. Like you said, he hasn't been outstanding. Uh, Tahir Whitehead F minus. Uh, God, mm-hmm. he, he. It's it's shocking that he's still starting. Yeah, um, it really is. Jeremy Chin. He's made some bad plays. He's made some mistakes, but they're rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. He is he is Energizer Bunny out there running around, hitting players. I mean, overall, I would give him personally an A just for doing what he's doing, making a couple rookie mistakes. But honestly, I, f- I view him as the future captain of this defense. Agreed, yeah. And... Again, I'm sort of splitting him between safety and linebacker for my grade, so um, the the D does not reflect his production at all. No, no, no. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Safeties. I don't know whose turn it is, but... Go ahead. Okay, safeties. Uh, this is another just... Uh, I mean, I'm going to give him a D. Their, their PFF ratings are bad. Uh, and you can see it out on the field. Trey Boston has not lived up to the contract that he was given. Justin Burris, he's hurt now, but he was our best safety when he was out there. Pure safety. Um, and even he wasn't that great. Jeremy Chin, again, we've already talked about him. He plays safety some of the time. So we've got Sam Franklin in here now who 
honestly has looked like the best safety so far, and he's only been in there for a few games or a couple of games. Um, PFF-wise, he's the highest rated by far safety on the team. Um, so I'm giving him a D. I'm just not seeing what I need to see out of them. All right. I went C on them. Wow. Uh, I... I think a lot of this defense is not letting the big play happen. And the safeties are the safety net of that. And they've been doing that. Yes, I agree. Trey Boston needs to wrap up tackling instead of trying to lay the lumber on guys. Um, Justin Burris, yes, he struggled again. But again, they're not letting up the big plays, and that's their goal. And that's what I think is their goal on this defense. So, give it all see. Mm. Disagree. Disagree. Uh, well, let's go to a, what I think could be one of the high points on the team, cornerback. And, that, and if you would have told me that I was saying that eight games in, exactly. you know, at the start of the season, it would have been crazy. Um, go ahead. What do you think about corner? I said A-. minus. They are yeah. playing really good out there. I mean, Dante Jackson... He hasn't been a lockdown corner, but he's been playing really well, especially opposite Rasul Douglas, who's just been a vision. I was shocked when we signed him and he started starting for us. And then for him to have such an up-and-down career in Philadelphia to come here, and he's just looking like the number one cornerback on this team since, you know, preseason. Granted, he wasn't here, but he looks like he's been in that role all year long. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I forgot. And oh, Cornelder, one of the top ranked nickel corners. Yeah. Um, I feel like I want to give him an A just because my expectations were so low. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving him a B plus. Now they're like the highest. If you're looking at position groups, they're probably the highest rated position group on the team. Okay. PFF-wise, they're all within the top 40, all three of them, Korn, Rasul, and Dante, um, with Rasul being 20th. Troy Pride has not been good at all, and mm-hmm. he's bringing my grade down some because he has had to play a lot uh, with the injuries. And he is currently 115th out of 116, that rated corner in the league. So, again, he's a rookie. He's a fourth-round pick. Hard to expect a ton from him, uh, but he has not been good. So he brings my grade down into the Bs. B minus, still uh, very happy with the. Did you say of this B minus? B minus. Okay. B plus. Sorry, B plus. B plus. That's what I was like, um, wait a minute. Yep. Sorry about that. Yep, B plus. So I'm still very happy with the production of this group, and I think um, they're only going to get better with Russell Douglas coming back. Troy Pride. You know, getting to sit on the sidelines, watch some more, learn from these guys. And Dante Jackson, like, you know, you gave him a shout-out. I'm going to give him a shout-out, too. He has – this is the best he's looked as a Panther. Mm-hmm. He's been and he's been And he's been hurt. Yeah. He's been hurt the whole year. So, I read today that he was getting some acupuncture. He's trying anything to get that toe to feel better. Yeah. But I like his effort. His effort has been outstanding this year. And he hasn't been making those boneheaded mistakes that he had in the past of going for a big hit or going for a pick instead of just a pass deflection that gave up a touchdown. He's not making those mistakes, and it's really paying off. 
Yeah. I mean, he's gotten burned a few times, but it happens to every corner. Yeah. Right? And, but he's gotten burned a whole lot less this year than he has in years past. So, Moving on yeah. to our last grade, the coaches. Are we just doing coaches as a group? Or as a we... group. Okay. That's tough. I'm going to let you go first. I am giving the coaches as a group a B. And I have rule right around an A minus. He's making mistakes, but for a young team, for a young coach, I think he's doing great. For Joe Brady, I would give him an A. He's got this offense. They need to score more points, and it could be an A plus if he could get the red zone. Actually, I want to move him, you know. <laughs> but if the red zone yeah. needs to get fixed. Yeah. Phil Snow. I'm I'm rough on the edges with him. I think his scheme is what's dragging him down. I think his ability to coach up players like a Russell Douglas, like a Corn Elder, you know, Jeremy Chin, all these guys are getting better every week, but we're still getting beat because of the scheme. And that's where I think the biggest issue on our coaching staff is. And you said B minus? Uh, I'm going A, honestly. I think this is a pretty much a rookie coaching staff that have come in, uh, had a three-game winning streak with a team that was a lot of people expected to win three games all year. Uh, nationally, people are every every coaching vacancy, every fan base that had a coaching vacancy this year is wishing that they got Matt Rule. And, and dis and and hating who they got. <laughs> yeah, and the Jets Except are maybe probably doing it too, considering uh, they won yeah, time had him. Pool. Yeah, they had him. They had, could have had him easily. Um, but the Cowboys, the uh, Giants, you know, the Giants were sort of the lead dog for mm-hmm. Matt Rule. Um, Joe Brady, like you said, has been very good, except for the red zone. But again, he's thirty years old. He's going to learn. He's going to get there. He's probably not going to learn with the Panthers because I don't think he's going to be around that long. If we yeah. have him next year, then it'll be a surprise to me. Like I almost have a feeling he's going to be one and done and move on as a head coach somewhere. Uh, and then Phil Snow, you know, the scheme is what the scheme is, and it works a lot of the time. I think the offense sort of lets the scheme down a little bit because the Panthers – it's a bend don't break defense and they're in every game you know it's every game's within a touchdown except for the first Tampa Bay game so it'll be interesting to see this week how that works but I'm not gonna be too hard on him because I think he also is learning even though he's an older guy he's a much more experienced coach not in the NFL he's still learning the NFL so uh, I'm giving him an A. I, I'm so impressed and excited for the future with this coaching staff. I know you are too. Oh yeah, yeah. Not 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 upset with it at all. Like yeah. I said, there's a few things I want to get fixed and you know. yeah. All right, now let's go have some fun with some awards. Da, 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 da. Burp, 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 burp. We're gonna start off with a couple fun ones before we get into the obvious awards. And the first one you came up with, sir, it's Where Did He Come From Award. Yeah, this is a guy that was sort of like, you just didn't expect Mm -hmm. what you're getting out of him. 
Uh, and there's a lot of candidates on this team, I think, mm-hmm. for that. Uh, I'm going with Russell Douglas because yeah. he wasn't on the team, obviously. got cut from the Eagles, came onto the Panthers. You were not excited at all about him. And we had conversations. You were like, I hope he doesn't start for us because he just got here. And I was a little more excited about him and thought, hey, you know, this is a guy who's had success with the Eagles and who knows why he was cut. I think Eagles fans are like not happy about it at this point, especially with how well he's played. But um, yeah, he gets my where did he come from award and I'm, I'm super excited that he's coming back this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited he is too. I also thought about Russell Douglas, but I went with somebody who's also making plays, Mike Davis. Hmm. Because honestly, we were not expecting, once McCaffrey went down, we thought, woe is the world, nothing's going to happen. And Mike Davis showed up mm-hmm. and showed out for a while. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, from a guy, a journeyman who kept getting cut places, Yeah, he made the roster and he, he showed why. Yeah, those are definitely the the two main guys. I do want to give an honorable mention to Corn Elder, just because he a guy who's been with the Panthers for several mm-hmm. years, and it's like has suddenly learned how to play football, uh, <laughs> and he's not a liability out there like he has been in the past. I mean, this is a guy who's been fringe roster his entire career essentially. So just a little shout out to him. Let's move to the next award. The Invisible Man Award. And I'm going to kick this one over to you, Jerry, to start off. So you said Invisible Man. This is how I interpreted it. It's mm-hmm. a guy who's playing well that we just never talk about. That we oh, overlook. Okay. We, have, we have different interpretations for this. So I had either Corn Elder or Taylor Moten. And I went Taylor Moten because he's been the stalwart on that offensive line. He's been there every week. And he's always playing the best out of the group. So that's why I went to Taylor Bone. Cornelder, again, I thought has done well. Now, what is your interpretation of Invisible Man? So mine's maybe a little, uh, well, it's definitely more negative. It's a guy who's out there and you just have no idea that he's there. The pro- he doesn't do anything. There's oh, no okay. Well, I know where you're going with him. He's completely invisible. Well, there's a couple of candidates here. Um, you could say to hear Whitehead, but you hear his name a lot because he's missing tackles constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm going to pick on my, uh, my normal punching bag here, Ian Thomas, who plays over 60% of the snaps at tight end and does absolutely nothing in the passing game. So Ian Thomas, the invisible man of the year for me so far. Okay. Now, this next one is your contribution yes. to the awards. The Bonehead Award. Everybody <laughs> makes boneheaded mistakes. Unfortunately, there's a few players that make them over and over again. And this one might surprise people, but I am giving it to Derek Brown. He leads oh. the team in penalties mm. with two encroachments, one unnecessary roughness, roughness, illegal use of hands, defensive holding. And he's caused these penalties in very, very bad timing. Third downs, giving them the first down. Yes, he's a rookie, but these are boneheaded mistakes that he needs to get fixed. Still playing well. 
but he gets my bonehead of the ward. Yeah, um, that's a good one. So I'm going with Tahir Whitehead just because the guy, I think he might actually have bones for brains. He is not, <laughs> he does not seem to be able to diagnose plays. Uh, when he is in position for a tackle on the rare occasion, he usually misses the tackle. He either tries to go for a blow up play or he just gets a hand on someone's leg or he just gets shaken out of his shoes. Uh, he is just making ridiculous decisions all over the field at all times. He's playing almost every snap. He is currently rated 81 out of 83 linebackers. And he's he's out there all the time. So he's my bonehead of the year award. Nice. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, he, he, is, he is by far the chink in the defensive armor. And the armor's not the strongest armor anyways. <laughs> he's the chink in the armor made of straw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rookie of the mid year. Here's the positive awards, the fun, the good awards. Yes. Here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it and give mine to Jeremy Chin. Same. You know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. He's he's been great. Yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, uh, the guy that he was most compared to, Isaiah Simmons, who went in the top ten, uh, he is outplaying Isaiah Simmons every single week. Absolutely. Uh, like, Isaiah Simmons, by the way, for the Cardinals, barely even making it on the field. Yeah. I, Jeremy Chin, leading all rookies in tackles, has an interception. I mean, he's flying around that field. Yeah. I mean, he's leading by example as a rookie out there for other players. Right. That, to hear what I he mean, had said that like they look at him on tape. We talked about this. They look at him on tape, and they try to emulate him. Yeah. Who says that about a rookie? Exactly. Especially like, not a like a number one overall pick or something like Jeremy Chan was the bottom of the second round, so yeah, absolutely rookie of well the deserved de- yeah rookie of the year so far mid year has a so. chance to be rookie of the year for the NFL I think oh yeah I mean he got like, rookie of the month last month so I would yeah. not be shocked. All right, let's move on to the next one: defensive player of the mid year. Uh, are you going Jeremy Chan on this one as well? No. Okay. Go ahead. Burn, baby, burn. Brian yeah. Burns, he he is the best player on our defense, hands down. He is in that backfield. If there was other pass rushers and other ways that this defense was around him, I, I think he's be already closing in on double-digit sacks. I want to disagree with you just for the sake of the podcast, but there's nobody else. No. He's by far the best player on the team, on defensively. Um, and the sacks are going to start coming, man. Like, this is a guy who's going to get 15 sacks a year mm-hmm. in the near future. Uh, and I hope he has a massive second half of the year because he deserves it. Yeah. Offensive player of the mid-year. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is kind of another easy one, I think. Robbie Anderson. Same. You know, <laughs> I mean, hang on, let me pull his stats up. Unless you have them. No, I don't have them. 
Yeah, um, I just, I mean, this was obvious, like you know, said. He he's been, yeah, great. So eight games in, he's got fifty-one catches, six hundred and eighty-eight yards. Uh, you the one touchdown. So the the big flaw in his game so far, and it's really the Panthers in general, is and they're not scoring touchdowns. Um, only one touchdown for him. He's got one rush for three yards. You know, you don't even talk about that. But this is a guy who his best year in his career is 63 receptions for 941 yards. Yep. And he's going to destroy that. He's almost already there receptions-wise. He'll get there in two games probably. And he'll probably get the yardage too. Like he's going to be well over 1,000 yards, well over 100 catches. And I just hope the touchdown numbers start piling up for him. Yeah. I mean, he's had a, I'm using quotes here, slower past couple games, but I think a lot of the offensive players have struggled the past Mm -hmm. couple games. Yeah. And they still are good numbers. So, Robbie Anderson, obviously offensive player of the mid-year. And mid-season MVP award goes to, who do you have? This is a tough one. Um All right, I am going to go ahead and go ahead. say it yeah. while you're struggling to think of one. Go ahead. I have Teddy Bridgewater. And the reason I say that is I'm saying most valuable player, if Teddy Bridgewater goes down, this team is nowhere close to winning any games. I mean, he is dipping and dunking. He's been almost 70% completion percentage. Without him, this, this offense isn't going. They survived without... Christian McCaffrey because Teddy Bridgewater. We have a great receiving core because Teddy Bridgewater is getting the games. Yes, he has not been perfect again, but I think he's the most valuable player because without him on this roster, if we're running into trotting out Will Greer or PJ Walker, this team doesn't have a win right now. Yeah, and Teddy was the guy that I was debating on, and I just couldn't get there with him. Um, I don't want to take either of the two, you know, defensive or offensive player of the year awards either. So I'm going to go with, I think, the guy that, <clears throat> if you take him off the offense, uh, it's incredibly noticeable, and that's Curtis Samuel. Yeah. He's I'm going to give him my MVP award because he honestly has saved games. He saves drives every single game. He makes the right moves every single game. And yeah, he doesn't have the best numbers on the team at all. Um he's not playing the flashy, you know, quarterback position, but he is sort of what's making the offense move. He's keeping the offense on the field. And when they did take him away in that game a couple of weeks ago, it was noticeable. It was very noticeable. The offense didn't do anything. So, yeah, I'm going to Curtis Samuel. I get that. A little off the beaten path there. I get where you're coming from on that. All right, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with the game preview, Panthers at the Chiefs. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. 
Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com, used for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www dot restaurant dot com slash podcast that's www.restaurant.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase restaurant.com is the best deal every meal today's episode is presented by state bags state bags makes beautiful well-made inclusively cool products while using the power of business to give back to shift the narrative around social justice for every state bag purchased State hand delivers a backpack packed with essential tools for success to an American child in need. But their commitment goes beyond simply a material donation. State Bags has your back. And part of that commitment is making a difference in local kids' lives. To get you ready for your commute or wherever you're traveling next, State is offering our listeners 15% off of their next purchase at statebags.com using code POD. That's 15% off of your next purchase using code POD at statebags.com. State Bags, they have your back. And we're back. Alright, it's time to get into the game preview. Brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Everybody check out manscaped.com for all of your below-the-belly-button grooming. Uh, Also, above-the-belly-button grooming for certain items. Um... Manscaped.com, promo code MeowMixPodcast. You get 20% off of your entire order and free shipping. Check it out. All right. Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Big game for the Panthers. We're going to kick it off, as we always do, with the injury report. We'll start with the Chiefs. Uh, Start with the DNPs. Michael Schwartz tackle. Frank Clark, defensive end. Both of them did not practice. Uh, Limited practice is Sammy Watkins with a hamstring injury. And the rest of these guys are full practice. Taco Charlton, Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, Derek Nadal, Nadal, hmm. Austin Rettler, Relter, and Kalen Saunders. Uh, would expect all of those guys to play. Moving to the Panthers. The only DNP this week is Jeremy Chin. Uh, apparently a knee issue that cropped up in the last game. think he'll probably play. I would assume so. I th- again, he flies around so much. My assumption would be they're trying to let it heal naturally, yeah. just kind of rest him as much as possible. I mean, yeah. he's had ten days off and may need a few more. Yeah, almost feels like like a veteran day off for him. <laughs> like even though he's not a veteran, <laughs> but it almost feels like that. Um, these next few are limited practice. Corn Elder, Zach Kerr, Russell Kung, all sort of um, cogs in the defense, uh, except for Kung. Akung is limited practice, but you never know with him. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, no I idea. That, the rest, that's what uh, happened when you're, I mean, he's younger than me, but when you're old playing that game. <laughs> his body is definitely older than you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Teddy Bridgewater showed up on the injury report today. Uh, full participant practice, but a neck, you know, from that illegal dirty hit uh, last birds. week against the Falcons. And then Dante Jackson, uh, probably going to be on the injury report every week, but was a full participant in practice, and uh, you know he'll play. So that's the injury reports. Nothing too crazy there. Uh, McCaffrey not on the injury report, which is nice. Uh, although I don't know if he's actually been activated yet. So 
I don't know. Uh, I, I've read some uh, reports that he is looking really good, that he has not skipped any gym days yeah. at all he's since in, he's, he's looking been spry off. out there. <laughs> um, so let's get in real quick before we start the preview into the money line here, the betting line. Uh, you have in our notes 11 and a half. I'm seeing 10 and a half right now. I, it started out at 12 and a half, so it's anywhere between. <laughs> Ten and a half and twelve and a half, depending on where you look. Um, that was fanduel. Which that the Chiefs, gave me by that. the way, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are favored by that yeah. amount. <laughs> um, just in case you were con- confused about that. Um, over under is fifty two and a half. Uh, pretty high over under uh, for for a football game, but um, yeah, uh, you know this that's feels about right i guess uh, it's yeah. a little disrespectful to the panthers but you know the chiefs are seven and one the panthers are three and five on a three-game losing streak uh, and it's a road game for the panthers so not crazy no all right let's get into the preview Jerry, all right take it away well kansas city like you said is averaging 31.6 points per game second in the league they average 124 on the ground, 286 through the air. I mean, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes. He's a beast. He is probably the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, Their defense is good this year, too. Mm-hmm. They are third in scoring defense, only allowing 19 points per game. For the over-under 52.5, I mean, I think that's actually a compliment to Carolina because they think they're going to go over their average points per games. And they mostly give it up on the ground. Uh, they give up 142 yards per game on the ground, but they do have the third-ranked pass defense in the league, giving up 201 yards per game. Now, Carolina, they've been struggling. They're giving up 24 points per game and only averaging 22 points per game. They're middle of the road right now offensively. They need to click it in high gear with McCaffrey and see what the goes. I think you have to run the ball. I think you have to run it with McCaffrey over and over again, slow it down. I think you get a – I not Phil Snow's defense, but I think this is the team you have to run that Phil Snow defense of not letting them go over the top, let them dip and dunk underneath you. You try to bend and not break, you know, force them into three, and you got to run McCaffrey, run McCaffrey, run the clock, Take possessions away from Patrick Mahomes in that high-powered offense. Yeah, and it's all well and good to say run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And normally I would agree with you. Uh, Carolina's going to have to score points in this game. Kansas City is going to score points in this game. Uh, they, You said it, 31.6 points, second in the league. Uh, Carolina, 13th in the league in defense, which isn't bad. You know, it's better than average. But they haven't played anybody like Kansas City on offense no. yet. They got weapons all over the field. They've added Le'Veon Bell to this offense, and he had as many rushes as Clyde Edwards-Alaire did last week. I would expect that to continue. I think he's going to play a pretty large part in this offense. Um, you can't say enough about the Kansas City receivers. No. In, um, Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league, easily especially now with Kittle out. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, top three receiver probably in the league. I mean, he's At his just, best, he's as good as anybody. He's just a 
a weapon. I mean, we yeah. talk about Curtis Samuel. I mean, Tyreek Hill is that on steroids. Tyreek Hill is what Curtis Samuel wishes he was <laughs> well, on we his wish best he day. Was. Yeah, well, yeah, well, of course. Um, and then they've got you know Nicole Hardman. They've got Sammy Watkins. They've got uh, a couple of other receivers there who can at any point break it for a long one. Oh yeah, at any point. And then, like you mentioned, their defense is good. So this is going to be a tough game for Carolina. And I think that Joe Brady, I hope he's used this time that he's had over these last 10 days or what will be 10 days to figure out how to put the ball in the end zone. Absolutely. Because the Panthers are going to have to score 35 points to win this game. And even that might not be enough. I don't think this bend don't break offense is going to work against Kansas City because they can go over the top against anybody. Yeah, and even uh, though Carolina Panther that our corners have over have out you know outperformed our expectations, they they're gonna have their hands full. Oh, they absolutely are gonna have their hands full. But I th- I think that's what you have to do. You have to bend and not break on them. I think that is really gonna be the key. I know you don't. I think it's just outpaced. I don't the, think. Yeah, I think they're just gonna break. Like, I, mean, I, I I I hope they don't, but. This is going to be an education for Joe Brady. Or, I'm sorry, for Phil Snow. This is going to be an education for Phil Snow. I think that's going to be an education for the whole team. I think that they... Kansas City is the premier team of the league, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know in power rankings they may not be one right now, but they have a high-powered offense. They have great coaching. Andy Reid is underrated in my my opinion i think everybody talks about great coaches but they fail to realize what he did with philadelphia and now what he's doing in kansas city with alex smith and now patrick mahomes it's one of the best offensive minds coordinator or whatever just there's been in recent years easily yeah yeah uh any reason as good as they get and the, you know we set an education for the whole team for matt rule i hope he watches Andy read carefully because that would be a good guy to emulate. Yeah. You know, the success is just, you can't argue with it. Um, for the Panthers, we've got McCaffrey coming back. Like you said, um, I think McCaffrey's going to have a big game here. So I'm interested to see how the, uh, receivers for the Panthers do, because I think that we sort of need to get back on track with what the Panthers have been doing during our three game winning streak was, Getting the ball to Robbie Anderson, taking a deep shot occasionally to to uh, DJ Moore, and you know utilizing Curtis Samuel. We haven't really stopped utilizing him, but um, I'm I'm really curious to see if they can sort of get Teddy back into like a high 200, low 300 yard passing game, and and really put points on the board. Uh, again, this is the third ranked pass defense. They're only giving up 200 yards per game. I. I just think Who have they played though. I don't I just don't think that's how you attack this team. I'm actually surprised that you say that they're I mean I know you know the stats say it but I'm surprised that they give up as many rushing yards as they do considering how many points they score. It seems it seems opposite, right? Yeah. No. It seems like they'd give up a lot of passing uh, yards junk because passing yards. Because yeah, exactly. Garbage time. So, here's who they've played so far. The Texans, 
very first game of the year, who did not have not looked good at all. The Chargers with um, not Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, uh, the Ravens who don't throw the ball a ton, uh, the Patriots who have looked terrible throwing the ball, uh, the Raiders who were the only team to beat them so far this year who threw the ball a lot in that game. Uh, the Bills, who aren't known for throwing the ball. The Broncos, who aren't known for throwing the ball. And the Jets, who are known, not known for throwing the ball. So they haven't exactly faced, I think this might be outside of the Raiders, and maybe even better than the Raiders, the best offense, passing offense, that the Chiefs have faced so far. Yeah, Would you I disagree mean, with that? No, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, Oakland put up 40 on them by throwing the ball. I mean, te- Derek Hart threw three... 47 and three mm-hmm. touchdowns so and yeah so that that's sort of where i'm coming from i a lot of um i mean they also you know the raiders ran the ball well too like they had over 150 rushing yards so it's just going to need to be maybe a well-balanced offense for the panthers but they're gonna have to score they're gonna have to take deep shots they're gonna have to score and they're going to have to get seven instead of three. You can't yeah. settle for three two or three times in the red zone like they have been. I mean, actually, they've been doing that, and they've been losing. And there's a reason yeah. why. Yeah. So. So, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're thinking that we're going to pound the ball. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking we're going to have a more of an aerial attack. Uh, what do you think for Christian McCaffrey's first game back? I mean, what kind of production do you see him having? Well, I think he's going to rush way more than he is going to receive the ball or in receptions. See, I think that I think he's going to have a good day rushing the ball, but I think where you're really going to see McCaffrey, you know, kind of cement his place in this offense is going to have well over 100 receiving yards in this game. I think he's coming back with a force. I have over 100 rushing yards. You want to make this a beer bet of the week? Beer bet of the week. Okay, so uh, more. You've got more rushing yards. I've got more receiving yards for Correct. McCaffrey. Okay. All right, let's do that. Sounds good. Uh, you want to get into some predictions here? Yeah. That kind of leads right into my bold prediction. My bold prediction I have Christian McCaffrey racking up over 175 total yards. I think wow. he's going to probably come close to a buck 30 on the ground wow so 130 receiving yards no no interesting 175 total (laughs) yards right a buck 30 in the air you said interesting okay (laughs) um my bold prediction of this game is that uh that mike davis is going to have one carry and that's it He's going to have one touch in this game, and that is it. One touch, so one reception. I think McCaffrey is back, and McCaffrey is 99%, just like he was before he left. Uh, <laughs> nice th- nice to have you, Mike Davis. I think that's the last we've seen of Mike Davis. <laughs> Enjoy your primetime seats on the bench. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about this before we get into our score prediction. I put a tweet, a Twitter poll out there about uh, who, with Chris McCaffrey coming back, who would you like to see more at running back? 
Mike Davis or Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. And the results were overwhelmingly Mike Davis. Uh, I think I disagree with that. I think I'd much rather see Curtis Samuel as sort of the alternate, not not like backing up Christian McCaffrey, but having more carries than Mike Davis because I think Mike Davis is just a worse version of Christian McCaffrey. And Curtis Samuel just kind of brings a completely different skill set. See, I I can kind of see where they're thinking Mike Davis. He's more of a brute. He can, he can bulldoze people over while mm-hmm. Curtis can't. And we don't have any short yardage back, so I think maybe they're thinking Mike Davis is more of a sh- short yardage back. But I would like to see Curtis Samuel just because I think you could throw Christian McCaffrey out into the slot and be a receiver. I think you could have both Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and then split them both out to receiver or vice versa, having them both out in the receiver and bringing them back in. And you can, you know, Swiss army knife, both of them. Yeah. Which you could do with Mike Davis as well. I mean, he's definitely proven he's a very good receiving back, but it's different with Curtis Samuel. Like it would, it's, he's just a different skill set. By the way, show me, any negative running plays where uh, Curtis Samuel has gone up the middle? Yeah. I don't think they exist. Like he is a very shifty guy. He, you know, he's not going to bowl anybody over, but he's going to get by him. So eh, it was just a kind of a thought experiment, and I was surprised how overwhelming it was that Mike Davis was the choice. I thought it at least it would be close. So, well, I don't know. I guess Curtis hasn't had, but. 13 rushes so some people just may not see it too. yeah well i want him to have more uh all right let's get to the game predictions it's i think we're both sort of on the same page here but uh why don't you go ahead and kick off with your prediction i hate doing this i hate these type of predictions the chiefs chiefs are really really good i this panthers team is still rebuilding Panthers fall to the Chiefs 23-31. Okay. See, I like that because that's still within a score. You know? And mm-hmm. the Panthers don't really lose games by more than eight points. I mean, other than the Tampa Bay game. Um, I think the Chiefs are as good or better than Tampa Bay is, though. Um, I do unfortunately think that this game is going to get away from Carolina a bit. Uh, I do think that the Chiefs will end up scoring 35 points. And the Panthers, I think they're just going to score 21. I think we lose by two touchdowns in this game. 35-21, Kansas City. I think it's close going into the fourth quarter, though. But it sort of just gets away. The The experience shows at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, they're Super Bowl champs for a reason. I mean. They're not unbeatable. No. And Carolina, you know, if obviously we're rooting for Carolina, so we hope that they win. Uh, but that'd be realistic here. Yeah. Kansas City's a damn good team. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like our show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at MeowMakesPodcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmakespodcast.com if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts we'll read it on the show we'll be back Monday morning with our recap of the Carolina Panthers at Kansas City Chiefs game Uh, win or lose we'll be back and we'll be uh, talking optimistically about the Panthers 
future. So until then, everybody stay safe. Keep pounding.